This one is for the fans. We got trailers. We got Nicolas Cage. And we got The Rockets, James Bond, all that and more right here on the Q-Busters. Hey, you sitting there with a bowl of popcorn wondering what to stream on TV? Fear not, we're the Q-Busters, Andrew and Ken. Grab some snacks and enjoy a fresh look at the hottest shows, movies, and streams. I'm Andrew. He's Ken. How you doing, Ken? What are we talking about today? So there was three really big movies that we saw over the weekend that I'm sure you probably saw, too. We're going to break those down. There was a huge trailer yesterday that dropped for Spider-Man. We're going to go over that and discuss what really did happen there or what didn't happen. (laughs) A Barbie movie is in the works. And, of course, because you, the fans, have made this possible, we're going to do some topics for you. Thank you again for 200. So, Cody and Mike, we got some fun extra bonus stuff just for you, too. Yeah. Let's let's get right into it. Before we get into the big three movies that dropped the streaming, did you watch anything else, Cam? Yes, yeah, so I had a pretty busy weekend with Q or Bust. Um, I'm going to focus on the movies that um, are not a part of that big three. So the first one I saw that was on Paramount Plus was Clifford the Big Red Dog. Uh, I was actually pleasantly surprised. I thought this was only going to be in theaters. One day I was on Paramount Plus and I saw that it was available. It's the fastest I've ever clicked something. Uh, I don't recall watching the trailer for this. Maybe I did, but I had a really good time with this movie. Um, really cute story. Um, Clifford is awesome. Really gives you that. Anytime you, you watch a dog movie, you instantly want to pet a dog or have a dog or, or, um, you just get that dog love motion, you know, it's. It's such a good feeling. I can't describe it, but anytime you watch like Air Bud or any movie yeah. like that, you're just like, ah, oh, hell yeah. You get the warm fuzzies. I am shocked, first of all, to hear this. I, re- I recall bringing it up on the podcast, doing a quick Google search and being appalled by what I saw and predicting it'd be a <laughs> terrible movie. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's getting a really good buzz uh, from the fans on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, I definitely believe it's fresh from the fans perspective. Um, I just think it's a fun movie. You know, if you have kids or you want to watch a family movie, I think that this is an easy watch. Um, they don't do anything crazy. So it's it's not a, a heavy plot or anything like that. It's just basically, you know, this kid is trying to fit in. She's new in town. She's a little bit different than everybody else. She magically gets Clifford the dog. Uh, and the basically the moral of the story is it's okay to be different. That's what makes you special. Yeah. Um, is it Emily I, Elizabeth? Yes. Nice. Yes. Okay. And Uncle Casey is the standout character other than Clifford. He's hilarious. So uh, he's definitely the kind of wild uncle that everybody has in their family that does things a little unorthodox, but always a good memorable experience okay, great and i'm uh, guessing this is a safe bet when as far as dog movies goes that the dog will not die in the end so that's just correct my prediction going into this children's movie about a dog <laughs> yeah and it's keenan thompson works his way into the in the into the cast as well oh, so yeah. he's, he's been busy yeah yeah look at that love it uh, I got three other ones I'll highlight really quick. Uh, Silver Streak, starring Gene Wilder and Richard Pryor. Uh, this was an, an awesome movie. First time I ever seen it. Love Gene Wilder. I've talked about him before on the podcast. Um, this is a uh, really cool plot. So basically, this takes place on a Silver Streak, which was a train back in the day that, that goes from one state to another. Um And while he's on this train, he kind of falls for this girl. Um, Funny enough, this girl is in a 
basically in, in a lot of trouble. There's these people that are after her that could potentially kill her for some information she knows. Um, he doesn't know this yet. So as, as the movie unfolds, it's, it's really cool how like he gets involved with that setup and like, um, it's not really a spoiler, but he keeps getting thrown off the train and trying to get back on the train. <laughs> it's just, it's a really funny uh, movie. Um, a little dated because it's it's from the 70s, but I still think the jokes uh, still stand today, and uh, it's a classic. So if you can check it out, I highly recommend it. Nice. Uh, really quick one for the kids or for the nostalgia people out there: Scooby Doo meets Courage. The Cowardly Dog. Um, Walmart has their Black Friday sales for movies. This was one of the movies that was in the $5 section. Uh, awesome. Awesome movie. If you grew up with Courage the Cowardly Dog, there's definitely a lot of Easter eggs and tie-ins back to the original show. And then you got classic Scooby-Doo in this one. They form a plot that has those two universes combined. And Matthew Lillard returns to voice Shaggy. So I had a really good time with this. Excellent. That's a solid cure bust. I watched King on the Hill. Um, In addition to the movies we'll talk about later. You know, every time I watch that show, it just gets better. Because there's always things you miss the first time around. And, like, the jokes are, like, are these, like, subtle punches. And I love how, you know... The Hill family is just completely oblivious sometimes to like things that are going on around them, and I just enjoy the heck out of all of it. Bobby Damn Hill's it. the greatest character. Damn it, Bobby! What the hell? Yeah. <laughs> that boy ain't right. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good, that's a really good series. Uh, Mike Judge, famous for Beavis and Butthead, and then yeah. he develops King of the Hill and goes two for two as far as shows go. Yeah. And he's done a ton of other stuff since then too. He's 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 a master of his craft. Yeah, absolutely. And it's 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 a really it could get to be a heartwarming show at times, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It it, it definitely has its moments of heartwarming and then because it's a cartoon it's able to get ridiculous at times and it's like, yeah, this is perfect. The the episode I just watched uh they're down in Mexico and then they like accidentally like steal a room from like uh, an Airbnb, like without realizing that they didn't pay for it because they thought they were paying for it. And so like they have to like pay money and the judge takes away their licenses. So they have to like break into the U.S. like to like get their checkbooks or whatever. So like they're like, you know, like illegal immigrants trying to jump the border. It's it's real funny. It's a, it's a good time. Um, so yeah, I watched that. Hey. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's fun. Uh, that's what I watched. Do you okay, let's I this is what I want to talk about. We watched some awesome things that dropped in the streaming this week. Where do you want to start? So we watched Shang-Chi and the Legend of Ten Rings. That finally came to Disney Plus. We watched Home Sweet Home Alone. The reboot of the Home Alone franchise, and we watched Red Notice, which I I, I admit I kind of misdescribed last episode. So maybe let's start there. So this is starring The Rock and what's his face and what's her face? Um, Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds and Gal Gadot. And Gal Gadot. And the story is about art thieves trying to outdo each other while also competing with like an art detective. They're trying to capture this triplet of eggs before the others because they're really expensive, right? So that's your basic plot, right? Um, what do you think? I thought that this was one of the best movies I've seen so far this year. Netflix, anytime they throw out some movies, you, you never know the quality of the movie you're going to get. Like sometimes it feels like a Netflix movie and there's nothing wrong with that. But this felt like a blockbuster summer movie, like the next Ocean's Eleven for me. Um, from the moment this movie started till the ending, I was engaged 100 percent. 
Um, this is the kind of role I would love to see Ryan Reynolds do more because he's so good at it. You know, you never know whose side he's on or, or what he's going to do. He's just he's so much fun to watch on screen. Um, and they were able to write him in a way where he's still able to be that like funny yet uh, playful guy. Yeah. Um, the Rock was awesome in this movie. They had great chemistry together. I like how he was. He's basically like your detective trying to prevent these art artifacts from getting stolen. And then, you know, as the plot moves on, he finds himself in a way where he has to work with these thieves, um, yeah. you know, because he gets thrown into the mix. And then Gal Gadot surprisingly played a really good villain uh, in the movie. I really enjoyed her role as well. I really haven't seen her in that style of role before, so that was a lot of fun. She played a really good, like, she's not, like, necessarily evil, but she just played a really good sneaky person. So um, cinematography was great, super action-packed, lots of great comedy. Of course, Aviation Gin makes an appearance here, Ryan Reynolds' alcohol product. and yeah, it's just it's it's so much fun. And I will say one thing. It is not predictable. That's all I'll say. Yeah, I thought all three of them were super charismatic in this movie. And it was a fun watch. Um, at times I was concerned it was getting too quippy, just like Ryan Reynolds, like being a little too round rails. And then I thought to myself, nah, <laughs> like it's totally fine. Uh I enjoyed it. It's worth a watch. Uh, if you like the like, you know, like it's it's very it's it's a comedy first, right? More so than an action movie, I would say. Like yeah. like like one A and one B, you know. Like there's action movies that are funny, and then there's funny movies that are filled with action. And I would say this is a funny movie filled with action more so than an action movie that also happens to be funny. It they do it so well yeah. that. It's just that perfect blend of everything, of yeah. mystery, action, and comedy all in one. Because it's moving at such a quick pace where they just keep keep you watching from screen to screen where you're just like, oh, that was funny. Oh, my God, he just punched that guy. Like, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, 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 it's awesome. They got, they got their own style for sure, right? Um, that I could see keep carrying over into future movies if possible. Um, and there's times where like there's things that are like super like we've seen this before, but you don't care because they're all super charismatic when they do it. That like it's kind of like tongue in cheek, like it, yeah. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if we get a sequel next year. Um, this movie crushed it over the weekend. Yeah, I'm. I wouldn't be surprised at all. Um. So let's let's go to a movie that's maybe getting some mixed reviews, Home Sweet Home Alone. Um so this this came out on Disney Plus along with Shang-Chi, which we'll talk about in a second. Um this movie is basically set in the timeline as the first two Home Alone movies as Buzz McAllister does make an appearance and confirm uh Kevin as well so there is a a cavern reference in this movie um and basically the plot is about these two parents that we follow along um that are about to lose their house so in order to save their house and stay there um they have to get back an artifact that was stolen from them that could be enough money to secure their home unfortunately that home is uh where the main character lives and he's currently home alone. So that's, that's the premise of the movie. Uh, what do you think, Andrew? Was this a, another classic entry into this franchise or was this a skip it and forget it? Yeah. So if you'll recall, uh, I predicted this movie being as big a trash fest as I predicted Clifford, the big red dog being, I, I, <laughs> 
predicted there being Alexa this, BMW that. And you know, I was kind of spot on in that aspect, but I will admit I was wrong and had a very good time with this movie. Um, yeah. It's it, it gave me like the same exact vibes the original Home Alone movies gave me in in a modern era, and I enjoyed it very much. Yeah, I I won't say that it's anywhere close to the first two movies because I think that those are some of the best movies ever made. Um, but I think with given the task of being a Home Alone movie and using that franchise, uh, I thought they did a good job with it. Um, you really feel for the the main characters, the two burglars in this movie. Um, I think that they were they gave really good performances. I thought the kid was fine. Uh, he was. Uh, good enough where I was enjoying some of the traps that he did. And I thought yeah. some of his delivery lines were pretty funny. Um, and yeah, I think it's a nice uh, traditional Christmas film. So, you know, it's, they did the heist. Well, uh, the jokes landed. Uh, they had a couple of throwbacks to the original uh, movies. And yeah. of course, uh, buzz calling, Kevin, a, a trout sniffer uh, was my favorite part. So. <laughs> yeah, and I, I, I'd say, correct me if I'm wrong, the biggest difference is in the original Home Alone movies, it feels like Kevin McAllister is the star. In this one, it felt like Ellie Kemper and Rob Delaney as the burglars were, like, the stars. Yeah, so, yeah, right? abs- absolutely. It's told through their point of view. Um, I feel like... You, in this movie, I'm actually rooting for them to succeed, you know, because you feel for yeah. them um, yeah. you, even more than them just losing their house. Like they've had it rough. You know, he's trying to get a job and, you know, they're they're just trying to hold the family together yeah. and, and <laughs> see them get tortured. Yeah. <laughs> And they're constantly having to cover for Keenan Thompson as the realtor because they don't want their kids to find out. Oh, it's, it's hilarious. Now, uh, what was it? Crap, I forgot what I was going to say next. Go on. Uh, I just, I I think if, if people are going to bash this movie, um, I don't see how you, you can necessarily. Because it's not a a remake of the original, right? Like, right. It, it would have been really bad if that kid was supposed to be Kevin. I would have turned that movie off real fast. But the fact that this is a brand new kid and these are brand new burglars and they really took the time to think about a plot that really stands yeah. on its own. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a watchable film. Uh, I don't know if I'll ever we rewatch it necessarily but um for my one time watch i thought it was enjoyable right like i walk away from this and i'd be like yeah it wasn't bad right like when i thought i i'm with you i'm not gonna watch it again but i enjoyed it and here's here's what i want to say it's just like cobra kai as if people communicated there would be no problems (laughs) (laughs) there'd be no misunderstandings yeah there there is definitely (laughs) A and and you know at the beginning of the film he tries to he tries, right he tries. and I don't know if that's the father or what because they never really discuss that but he's in a hurry he leaves and yeah it was a good the movie. rest is history yeah it was it's like I said I thought it was gonna be complete trash filled with a bunch of you know like just advertisements and while all the product placement is there. It doesn't take away from it, I think. Yeah. Let's talk about another Disney Plus film that is definitely worth a couple more watches, and that is... Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, starring Aquafina and Shimu Lu. Shimu Lu. I'm sorry, I'm butchering his name. Uh, man. Can, 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 can. This is one of the best origin superhero movies we've had in a long time. 
Yeah, I as much as I prefer DC over Marvel, every once in a while, Marvel has a movie like this that really stands out on its own. Like being a fan of Kung Fu basically my entire life. This movie not only is an awesome Kung Fu movie, but they've also made it an awesome origin film for this group of heroes. I will consider Aquafina a hero for what she does in that film, sure. not only with the great humor, uh, but also what she does in the third act. Yeah. Not to mention the bus in the first act. Like, <laughs> Yeah, she's a great driver. Um <laughs> Yeah, this movie, like, from an action standpoint, this has some of the best fight scenes I've ever seen. Yeah. Like, when you when you go into a Mission Impossible movie, a Born Identity movie, a John Wick movie, you expect nonstop action, quick camera cuts, all that kind of stuff. I didn't know what I was getting into with Shang-Chi, and very quickly they let you know what kind of film they want it to be. That bus sequence is, is amazing. Um, there's so much going on in that scene. The, the scene where they're on like a balcony and they're jumping from like floor to floor. Yeah. Um, as people are fighting them, that is amazing. Um, the cinematography again is breathtaking. The the dragon was amazing to see. I, I don't think I've seen a dragon look that good on like film, like ever. Yeah. I, I, um, it, this movie has some of the most stunning CGI I have seen. Like it is visually like like I will be surprised if they don't win awards for like their special effects because I think I was totally blown away by like the 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 stuff with the forest anything to do with water was brilliant um the dragons the just like the the special effects from like the different fights whether it's like certain weapons or creatures or whatever um yeah loved it all uh wong from dr strange angel made a cameo that was super dope so you know there's that connection to the marvel universe as a whole yeah, there's a connection to Iron Man 3 with the Mandalorian, which was pretty cool. Right. Um, which I will say after seeing it, you don't really need to have seen it to get to like get into this movie. Uh, it'll add to your experience, but it does not take away at all if, you, if you've missed it. it. The movie gives you enough to figure out what you need to know for the most part. Right. The the musical score I thought was great. Um, I, I really like the slow mo effects they did in this movie. I thought it was a great stylistic choice where you have these really quick cuts and awesome action sequences, and then they like do a slow mo where you can just kind of see everything in the frame for a quick second, and then boom, they go back into the action. Um, I thought that that was really cool, especially. Um, when they show the um, mom and dad at the beginning fighting and then yeah, the end sequence, those are really beautifully captured. Um, just, just a great movie. I've, I've never seen anything quite like that before. I thought the plot was super original um, and it's, it was just awesome to see, uh, and being a martial arts film, there was a couple characters in the movie that were in a lot of big kung fu movies that I've watched growing up before. So yeah. I was just like, oh, I know that guy. He's from Kung Fu Hustle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. No, it was. I think this is this is probably in my like upper tier of Marvel movies. Um, it, yeah, I'd have to really. Uh, look at a list again to see where it would fall on marvel movies but yeah it's got to be in the top five or ten yeah. um and upon rewatch i could see it moving up even more because it's it's also a really just fun movie yeah so. it's i could see like after watching you know avengers endgame 
you would want to take a break. And I could I could even be like, you know what? You can hold up. You don't need a rush to see Black Widow. I would say this one needs to go to like the top of the priority list. Um, and man, so real quick, that bus scene, which happens near the beginning of the movie, really cool scene. Uh, there's a bus driver on Twitter from San Francisco where it, it takes place who like does like a 30 tweet breakdown of that scene and like here's all the things the bus driver did wrong in this scene and it just it cracked me up so after you watch the movie go find that twitter thread i'm sure it won't be too hard to find and just look at all the things he points out that are inconsistent and uh it just adds to the fun yeah my last note is i definitely want to do karaoke with those guys someday oh man they, they seem to be a fun bunch when it comes to karaoke that is for sure how could I forget? Um, yeah, I, I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna say this was a pretty good week to watch stuff. Uh, I can't say I was really disappointed at all with anything I watched. Yeah, I want to throw in one really quick thing for Disney Plus. Um, obviously, last week was their big week uh, for their second anniversary, but uh, I did get a a moment to watch that Simpsons short, which was all about the Disney plus really cool. It's like two minutes. If you haven't seen it, check it out. Totally worth your time. Nice. Uh, I want to keep this thread of things we've watched going. So I want to jump into trailers, but first I'm going to go into two that I'm pretty sure you haven't seen, but I just want to get them out there. So that people know about them. Number one, tiger King season two released the trailer <laughs> that is coming. So have you seen Tiger King, Ken? I I have not. Um, this was, I know, one of the biggest things from the beginning of COVID that came out that everyone was talking about. Uh, I, I'm aware of what it is. I just have not checked it out. Yeah. So season one is absolutely crazy. Joe Exotic is a crazy individual, and I can't believe he's a real person. Um and the fact that there's a season two, I just am blown. Like, I don't know what to expect from a season two. If you've seen season one, you're like, how could they do a season two? And they can totally do a season two. And that's going to be a fun time. The other one premiering tonight on HBO is Hard Knocks. Uh, I guess this will be our Bubba Barely news. We're not talking about the Bears, but we're talking football. We're football fans here on this podcast. Um, Hard Knocks is premiering tonight on HBO for the Colts. This is the first time that show has focused on a team in season rather than in like the preseason. So I think it'll be a little bit more enjoyable because hard knocks, it's hard to watch sometimes when you realize you're, you're invested in a bunch of athletes who are probably going to get cut before the season even starts. So it'll be nice to be, you know, midway through the season and follow, you know, like Jonathan Taylor, the star running back of the Colts and like, you know, like the people we, whose names we see in the news every day when we read football stuff. So I think I'm excited for that, for that, just for that reason. Yeah, it should be interesting to see uh, what's going on behind the scenes, how they prepare for a game, um, how they deal with press conferences, how they deal with a loss or a win. Uh, All that stuff is pretty enjoyable. And the Colts are one of those interesting teams. Um, you know, they, they signed Carson once in the off season and he's been mildly productive this season. So it'll be interesting to kind of watch that and, and experience what it's like to be a football team in the middle of the season. So um, great catch there, Andrew. Uh, that totally did not make my radar. So yeah. Nice so, yeah. Thanks. Uh, I just, you know, bears aren't a buy. We need something to talk about for football. Um, with that being in mind, okay, trailers we did watch. Uh, the Spider-Man trailer, sticking with Marvel, uh, released their final trailer and their release date for their movie sometime in December, I believe. I don't remember the release date. I was too focused December on the December 17th. So, too focused on the trailer itself. Thank you, Ken. Ken, you got thoughts? Yeah, I've watched this trailer about five times now, uh, if not more. Uh it's a really good trailer. I, I like that they once again showed us just enough to get people to get tickets to see the movie. If you weren't already invested, this trailer should definitely 
um, get everybody hyped. Um, really great. Uh, they showed you that the stakes are much higher. They showed you every villain that's going to pop up so far that we know of. Yeah. Um, so, in so real quick cool to recap, way. that includes Otto Octavius. Um, played, you're going to have to help me out with the actors played by the original actor. Um, uh, I think it's Alfred Molina. Thank you. Yes. Uh, the Green Goblin, who they don't reveal the actor. Um, you got to think it's Defoe with that laugh. Yeah, you, you got to think so. Um, and then they don't reveal wh- like if it's like uh, the original or like his son. Because if you recall, Sam Raimi's like the son takes over in like the third one. Anyways, uh, we got Jamie Foxx back as Electro. But they like did the proper colors because one of the main criticisms in Amazing Spider-Man was why is it blue electricity instead of yellow electricity? Um, they got Sandman. They got Lizard. Um, I think there was another one that I'm missing. Oh, they got J. J. Jonah Jameson back, <laughs> who's not really a villain, but you know, he wants he wants Spider-Man photos. Um, I am so excited. Yeah, I think I think a lot of people are are focused on two things that happen in the trailer. The one is that really great frame shot of the villains that we were just describing. Awesome, awesome shot there where basically you see uh, Electro and Lizard in the corner and then this huge scope for Sandman who looks awesome yeah. uh, in that shot. Uh, and then the other thing is obviously confrontation between dr strange and peter parker where he's shooting out his web and it it has to do with this box which i could only assume is the key to unlocking the multiverse right um the only other thing that that was worth mentioning was there was a little uh scene between doc ock and spider-man where it looks like maybe they form an alliance um, so this movie has got a lot that you can take away just from that trailer, not yeah. to mention the people that have so much time on their hands or are just super fans, uh, that have broken down this trailer frame by frame that suggest so many theories. And one of them I'd like to just throw at you they keep going back to that frame that I was talking about with Lizard, Sandman, and, and Electro. And it yeah. looks like Lizard is either being kicked or coming towards yeah. a different character that's not Spider-Man. Yes, yeah. it looks like something was edited out of the picture. Right. So, I'm going to ask you, Andrew, because obviously they were edited out. Is this Toby? Is this Andrew? <laughs> is this Spider Gwen? Is this Doc Op? Who is this? Or is it even Venom? Yeah. Ooh, I didn't even consider Venom, but that totally makes sense. Uh, I want it to be the other Spider Man, but because there was there was zero hint of it in the trailer. As much as we want it, there was zero hint of there. We know there's other villains. We don't know there's other. We know there's other Spider-Men because Doc Ock even says in the trailer, you're not Peter Parker to our Peter Parker, right? Um, so there's a hint that there could be an appearance by other Spider-Men, but beyond that, we didn't see anything. I want it to be Spider-Man. I want it to be the different Spider-Man. I want them to point at each other. I'll be disappointed if it's not, but I'll also understand if it's not. <laughs> you know, like... Um, well- the one thing I'll say real quick, and then we'll go back to your thought, is Andrew Garfield, who portrayed Spider-Man in the Amazing Spider-Man series, has been everywhere lately. I've seen him do so many interviews the last couple of days as this trailer and all that stuff has, has popped up. He's been very consistent. I like Spider-Man. I enjoyed it while I did it. I'm not in the movie. 
Um, but you you gotta wonder, like he's on all these shows. If he's really not part of this movie, you see, what's he doing? I haven't seen this interviews. When he's asked this question, is he like grumbling and go, like rolling his eyes, or is he oh, cracking he's, a smile? He's smiling. Okay, he's then, happy. then 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 the, you heard it here like thirty <laughs> billion. Yeah, maybe he's in it. <laughs> uh, no, but again, no guarantees, right? The scene I want to talk about, Ken, is when in the trailer it seems they're first meeting Doc Ock, and you'll notice his tentacles are red and incorporating. Well, it looks like it could be nanobots, perhaps combining with Peter Parker's suit and stealing his suit's technology for his own arms, because those arms are red. They're not the original color. You think he's stealing Peter Parker's nanobots and that plays a significant role in this? Or you think that they're just styling on us? Yeah, I think they're just reinventing the look. Uh, It's a really good theory. I haven't heard anybody say that yet, so... I think he's stealing Peter Parker's suit, and we're going to get a new spider suit. Yeah, I definitely think we're going to get a new spider suit in the movie. Uh, I I saw, like, a black color at some point. Yeah, Uh, speculation is that is his suit inside out. (laughs) Right. Um, Yeah, honestly, I think he's going to be somebody that works with Peter Parker in the movie. I think he's going to be a good guy. If you remember Spider-Man 2 at the end, he kind of was a good guy. So if that's the same interpretation, then maybe. Yeah, it's. The the question is, at what point in time are these villains pulled out of their universes? Right. Right. I will will say, though, uh, I know you said that you want it to be Spider-Man. I want it to be Venom. I really do. I want Venom to team up with Spider-Man to knock out the Sinister Six and then eventually have Spidey versus Venom. And and man, I'm so excited. And you know what? I thought Doctor Strange was going to play a bigger role in this movie, but from the trailer it seems like no, the focus will be primarily on Spider-Man and the crew and whatever they're up to. Yeah. Strange will be a big, like, driving factor, but he's not going to be, like, the most on-screen time, uh, which I approve of because it is a Spider-Man movie. We shall see. Uh, That's the beauty of a trailer. They're only going to show you what they want you to see. Yeah, and not to mention, like, last time we discussed the the teaser, I'm like, I don't need to see anymore. Man, I'm so glad I watched this. (laughs) Like, I can't wait, man. It's so good. So gosh darn good. But uh, that's, that's that's enough Spider-Man talk because we know we could talk about it all day. Um, let's go back to Red Nose real quick because you wanted to talk about The Rock as James Bond. Yeah, so there's been a really interesting uh, story buzzing around that, of course, all these famous actors want to portray James Bond. Um, but when I heard that the rock wanted to be James Bond, that really, um, caught my attention because he is obviously outside of, I, no, I would say he is the biggest name in Hollywood. Um, I was going to say maybe Chris Pratt, but I think they're tied. You know, these are guys that get roles left and right. They're definitely wanted for movies and they do a great job with franchises, I mean, anytime The Rock's in a movie, I mean, I'm probably going to watch it. He right. Just, he has that charm and likability where you can kind of plug him into any role and he pulls it off. However, I don't think he could do James Bond. Um, I really loved him in Red Notice. I definitely think he could do more spy movies. I think that um, I'd be cool with that. Like if he wants to do like a Mission Impossible or a boring type of uh, role with his own twist, I'm cool with that. Uh, I think he's already kind of doing that with like Hobbs and Shaw, to be honest. But um, yeah. if he wants to make it more Ocean's Eleven style, like I'm in. But James Bond is a whole different breed. You know, that's that's somebody that's got to have like 
kind of a, a womanizer, but also somebody who's super sneaky and clever and mysterious. Um, you know, he, he's got all these different traits and you really want somebody who can pull all of that off. Um, and I just don't think that he necessarily could do that role the way that fans have always portrayed James Bond. Now, if you want to go a totally different uh, route with it, I'd be open to that. I think he would make a better Bond villain, to be honest. Ooh, yeah, that's that's a good point. I think he'd be a better villain. He's just, honestly, he's too strong and too muscular to, like, fit, fit the image of James Bond I have in my head. Like, no offense to that. You know, dude puts in a lot of work. And I think you nail it on the head. I think an Ocean's Eleven style movie, which is basically Red Notice has the kind of vibe to it. Like he's already killing it. He doesn't need to be the new, the next James Bond. He needs to be the first, The Rock, secret spy movie. Dwayne Johnson, secret spy. Like he doesn't, like, like he he's almost as big a name as James Bond is. Yeah, absolutely. He's. He's just so good in anything you you put him in, and he uh, seems to build great chemistry with just whoever the other lead is. Like, it just works, and that's very hard to do because I look at, like, some of his films. You look at Red Notice. You look at uh, Jumanji. Um, I haven't seen Jungle Cruise yet, but those are so many different personalities he's working with, and they've all been – box office successes you know yeah it's, no it was, it was great it says something uh did you want to go back to other trailers that are definitely yeah. overdue yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh if you're a fan of video games like myself you'll know that Xbox is celebrating its 20-year anniversary, and they just released Halo multiplayer to play for free. Uh, so jump on that if you have an Xbox. But also, they had their teaser trailer for their Halo series TV show on Paramount Plus 2022. Yeah, it's it's a great trailer. Um, you said while you were watching it, you got chills. Um, it's It's almost like cutscene for cutscene the exact opening of Halo. Uh, right. You get you basically get like a a snapshot look of Master Chief putting on the helmet for the first time. They don't really give you a whole lot to go off of, but we've been talking about this for years that we've wanted a Halo movie or a Halo TV show or something like that. And now Paramount Plus, who's had a pretty good track record with creating content, is now going to do this. I'm very excited. And I think a TV show is going to be more successful because that really allows you to flesh things out a little bit more. Maybe give you some more origin stories, focus on select missions, um, show you a little bit about the covenant and all that stuff the flood oh man i'm so excited cortana like yeah i wonder if this will be just like as close as possible to like the first game and then they'll cover other stuff and expand in other seasons because i know the books are like really popular especially for like video game books um so maybe they explore that in future series and future seasons um but based on that teaser, I wouldn't be surprised if it's like Halo 1, the game, the show. Yeah. Yeah, I expect it to be something very similar to that. Like, if if you haven't played Halo in a while and you haven't played the campaign in a while, like, the campaign plays like a theatrical movie. Like, they do so much, such a good job designing a, a great character, a great storyline where you can... As a director, you can pretty much just throw that into a green screen and you got your work cut out for you. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited. It's going to be good. Killing spree. 
there's got to be some kind of like red versus blue or blood song. What is it? Blood song gulch. Mm-hmm. Bloodhound gulch. Yeah. Bloodhound gulch reference, right? Like there has to be. Yeah, I I mean if they fly a banshee, I, I'm gonna be stoked. <laughs> I I just want there to be a passing shot. Halo Chief like walks. Like it's an opening shot of a scene, and like these two guards are talking to each other, and they just go, "What do we do? You ever think about how we got here?" And then like Halo Chief walks in, because that's like a direct reference that they don't have to acknowledge ever again, and it'll be so good. That's what I want. Yeah, and they have to have the. Yeah, I I can't wait. Uh, for those who don't know, Halo is easily one of my top three video games of all time. So yeah, yeah. Um, I do have one bit of movie news before we get to fan appreciation time, uh, and that is a Barbie movie. I'm <laughs> so excited, man, because I am part of the you know I'm Ken, so. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Margot Robbie has been cast as Barbie and Ryan Gosling has been cast as Ken. That's all I know about this so far. Um, it is in the works, so I'm very excited to see what this movie is going to be about. Um, but the fact that they have two of the best actors in the business today um, as part of that film, I'm already interested. So. This is going to be animated, right? Uh, that I don't know. Let me um, let me see. Because I can't imagine a, they'd make a Barbie movie that isn't voice acted by these people. I can't imagine them actually playing these characters, right? The Adventures of Barbie and Ken. That's all it has for overview. All right. And um, Hathaway's going to be in it, too. No, it says a live action. Okay, this is going to be an interesting movie. I, I honestly don't know what to expect then. <laughs> um. I think that's a good casting of Margot Robbie. I think she fits the Barbie look. I think Ryan Gosling fits the Ken look. Yeah, I I don't think it's going to be a kid's movie. Um, I think it's going to be more of like uh, somebody who just lives like a really high-end life or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. They Or it's somebody who eventually goes from like zero to barbie right like how yeah. she becomes this uh, iconic character um maybe it's a model movie i don't know but i'm interested to see where they go with it no they, so based on this article i pulled up Curse of cinema blood it's supposed to be you know a female empowerment movie it's directed by greta gerwig who you might know from ladybird and i'm and it's supposed to be coming out in 2023. They're supposed to start filming later this year into next year. Yeah. I just, anytime you, you cast Margot Robbie, it's, it's, it's going to be an interesting film. Yeah. She does a great job picking different yeah. characters and, and really giving a hundred percent towards them. Yeah. She's very talented. Um, like, like, you tell me two months ago, what do you think will be a better movie, Clifford the Big Red Dog or the Barbie movie starring Margot Robbie? And I'll say the Barbie movie starring Margot Robbie. Jeez, you're really trashing Clifford, man. No, I'm saying I was <laughs> trashing Clifford, but you have said that it is good. So I now I need to watch it to form an opinion of my own. I don't have an opinion. I had an expectation, which has since been shattered since you have said you enjoyed the movie. <laughs> so I, I don't know what to expect from that movie. It, it, I, I would say go into it expecting a Clifford the Big Red Dog movie. Uh, it's not like it's not anything new, I guess I would yeah. say. It's just a dog movie where a girl gets a dog. They yeah, you know, go on adventures. It's it's interesting. Now, now let me ask you this, because uh, the majority of my Clifford the Big Red Dog exposure came from watching the TV show on PBS as a child. 
in addition to reading the books. But in the TV show, he was friends with two other dogs. I don't remember both their, their names, but one of them was named T-Bone. Does T-Bone make an appearance? There is another dog that makes an appearance. I, I can't recall the dog's name. Um, All right, fair enough. But yeah, it's it's got a decent enough plot uh, for kids to enjoy, I think. And the way they do the CGI on Clifford, he just... He looks cool. Um, he's got like a golden retriever look to him, uh, obviously with red fur. Yeah. So. Um, all right. Man, that's on Paramount Plus, you said? Yeah, Paramount Plus. So get it now before Halo comes, because who knows? If that takes off, they might up their prices. <laughs> yeah. yeah, how about this? I'll, I'll get Paramount Plus when Halo comes out. I'll watch that back-to-back with Clifford and the Big Red Dog. <laughs> Oh boy, that's your priorities. <laughs> that's my pri- that's the first two things I'm gonna watch on that service. Now let's let's get to the fans. Thank you again for 200. That means a lot to Andrew and I. When we first started this, you know, we were just doing it for fun, and we weren't sure if we were gonna get any listens or followers or anything like that. And to see where we're at now, um. It just means a lot to us. You know, we've we've had a a lot of fun. And the fact that you guys are listening and interacting with us and giving us ideas and topics, that's awesome. So really appreciate that. Um, we had Cody that wrote in with a topic. We have Mike that wrote in with a topic. If for some reason you weren't able to give us a topic, feel free to always reach out on our Instagram, Twitter or Facebook Uh, And we can implement it in future podcasts. So Cody was nice enough to write in. He loves Nicolas Cage. You can't blame him for that. He's one of the best actors we got in the business today. So I thought it would be fun if me and you just discuss our favorite Nicolas Cage films. So I'll go with you, Andrew, first. Yeah, so i'm doing a little bit of research for the question you know what has nicholas cage been in what have i seen him in i realized i haven't seen nicholas cage in as many things as i thought i did but he's such a fun actor that like i know all the memes like i know the meme from like wicker man where he's in the like thing and he's like ah and like i know i don't think i've seen face off but i know the face off memes i i it's been a long time but i definitely have seen connor i definitely have seen gone in 60 seconds they're a little bit, you know, fuzzy in the memory bank. But for me, Nick Cage, first and foremost, is the dude from National Treasure. And I I love those movies. I said I love those movies before. And it's a fun time in, in those movies. So, like, that's my Nicolas Cage. Just no matter what else he's been in. Like, National Treasure, Nick Cage is my Nick Cage. Gotcha, yeah. I mean, as far as, like, thieves and, and <laughs> bank robbers go, I mean, yeah. that's... Good old That's some nice. of the best you're going to get. Uh, I love Nicolas Cage. I could easily rattle off like 30 films right now because he's made over like 300 uh, in the last two years. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I'll, I'll rattle off a few. You already mentioned Face Off. I love that movie. Him and John Travolta. It's easily my favorite Nicolas Cage film. Such a crazy premise. Basically, you know, this cop is hunting down this this evil uh, guy that he's been trying to put away for years. Yes. Um, they end up f- swapping faces. And uh, <laughs> who better than to have those two? You already mentioned another one, Con Air. Put the bunny down. I mean, awesome movie. You got him. Uh, you got John Cusack in that movie. Uh, you got John Malkovich, Steve Buscemi, uh, Danny Trejo. It's just it's loaded with with awesome action icons. Basically, you know, he's on this plane with a bunch of convicts that take over an aircraft, and Nicolas Cage has to be the hero working with John Cusack to uh, capture the bad guys and land the plane safely. Awesome movie, total '90s flick badass Nicolas Cage with the long hair. Awesome film. Uh, Wicker Man. Love that movie. Uh, It's a remake from the classic movie from, I think, the 60s or 70s 
but I love uh, his interpretation of it. Um, totally has an unexpected ending that obviously you've seen the memes for. Oh no, the bees! Um, but <laughs> it's it's outside of that terrible performance he gives at the ending there. It's a really good mystery film um, that keeps you engaged. Raising Arizona, one of his earlier movies. Um, really funny stuff uh, with him and John Goodman. It's a classic. Family Man's a good Christmas movie. Um, it's got like that whole like wonderful life feel to it, sort of. Basically, he he wonders what it would be if he had a different life, and he gets that experience. Um, Cody's favorite is Gone in 60 Seconds. Um, which is a classic that's kind of like fast and furious before fast and furious i believe that movie came out before that it's got him and angelina jolie and basically they have to like steal these cars like 50 of them yeah and he's like the best at it um and it's 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 awesome i i expect him to make an appearance at some point in the fast and furious franchise oh that'd be a good callback um willie's wonderland is the one that came out this year that i really enjoyed um so those are just a couple there uh really enjoy nicholas cage he's an icon and uh he's he's done a really good job picking some really awesome projects lately like i know he did mandy and color purple those are two movies i really want to check out soon He's just picked like these really like indie projects um, yeah. where he's giving these young directors a chance to make a name for themselves. Because most people, when they hear Nicolas Cage is in a film, uh, they're going to watch it. Um, we talked about Pig on the podcast. Just about to bring it up. <laughs> and like that's a perfect example. Like it's such an out there film. Um, but he's in it, so that automatically draws interest. And um, I'm pretty sure it's by a director that no one's ever heard of before. So, yeah, really... um, Michael Sarnowski um, also yeah. has a 97% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, he's people love he's, Nick Cage. He's been killing it. His, I think that that's really important to when an actor goes out of their way to pick certain scripts or characters that they portray, um, I really love that. And to me, that earns more in like, uh, am I going to watch a movie with you in it again? And with him, it's always worth a watch because he just picks, he pretty much is exotic. So <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thank you, Cody. Great. Great topic, and uh, that's some of our yeah. favorite Nicolas Cage films. We appreciate you. So do you want to bring us in on snack time with uh, Mike's topic for today? It's snack time, 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 it's snack time. <laughs> you see, it's you're... About you're it's about to be smack time up in here. <laughs> you were bobbing your head, and I wanted to see how long I could keep it going before you got bothered. So, quicker than I thought. Uh, um, yeah, so Mike wrote in to us, and he wanted us to discuss our favorite Polish dishes. How you want to go about this, Ken? So I figured we can just kind of rattle off some of our favorite Polish foods that we've ever eaten. It doesn't necessarily have to be a true dish. It could be an appetizer. It could be dessert. It could be an entree. Uh, just some of the things that when you think of Polish food, what is like your cream of the crop or your favorite? Um, like for me, potato pancakes. I love yeah. potato pancakes. Pedrogis. Yep. I love pedagogies. Not as sneaky. I hope I said that right. Close enough. Those are basically crepes. Yeah, those are great. Um, and then 
uh the dumplings i really like those too and what's that what's that bread uh with like it's it's kind of like lard almost uh it's just bread with lard my man (laughs) bread with lard and bacon bits there's no special word for that (laughs) but it's polish right yeah schmalitz i think is how you say lard schmalitz okay um there go. Yeah, those are very solid, very definitive Polish foods. I appreciate that list. Uh, being Polish myself, I have predetermined thoughts of like my definitive Polish foods. I think if you want one food above all others that says this is Polish, I think to the world you go pierogi, but you know deep down at home, number one is rosu, chicken soup. Eat it every Sunday with these real thin, like, egg noodles, a little bit of parsley. Delicious. Um, For me, those two are obviously there. I also like, you know, there's so many different sausages. Um, I like a, it's like a breakfast soup, a hot soup called jurek. It's like a fermented barley or wheat type of soup. But what you do is... So it's a little sour, right? And in that, you you put in some, like, hard-boiled eggs, some kielbasa, mm. some farmer farmer's cheese, or it's also called the quark. In Polish, it's called, like, tvarog. Then people put, like, horseradish in there. They'll put mushrooms in there if they want. Absolutely delicious. That That's, like, comfort food number one for me. Um, and then I, I think if Rosso is right up there for, like, definitive polish foods the definitive polish drink i would say is tea just like mm-hmm. a nice strong black tea are um, you a big stuffed cabbage fan i do i love stuffed cabbage that's also comfort food that just minced meat and like rice mixture seasons in, in the nice cabbage boiled cabbage leaves when i was little uh i'd eat I, my mom would like take the meat mixture out of the le- cabbage leaves for me because I didn't like cabbage. Um, I'm still not the biggest cabbage fan, but I'll eat it if it's in front of me. Um, wow, I I totally miss one kolachkis, man. Yeah. Uh, so fun fact for you, those are an American invention the same way like fortune cookies are an American invention. I'll give them to you. You know, like they're made by Polish people in America. Um. There's so many like desserts like yeah it's a it's a Polish cookie sure what what is that Polish cookie that you could get at like Frank's with like the chocolate outside and like the fruit inside it's like ninety nine cents yeah. a package the brand I I'm call I know it as is like Delizia Delizia yeah um they're like, they're like they're like chocolate covered biscuits with a little bit of like jelly on the inside. Those oh, are fantastic. Um, those are there's, there's, there's just so many get, good Polish foods. I'm getting hungry, man. Yeah. Mike, you know, you, yeah. you, you really know how to get to us. Yeah. I got to say this because, Mike, make sure you hand the phone to your mom so she can hear this really quick. The best Polish food I've ever had is from Mike's mom. The Every time I go there, his mom cooks for us, and it's like a full-on feast yeah she always lets me sample like the different polish foods which typically there will be a soup a salad a potatoes potato yeah she makes like homemade potatoes they're amazing and then uh dessert yeah so yeah i I had to make sure i gave mom uh mike's mom's props there because you know She's uh, definitely shown me uh, some good Polish cuisine. Yeah, for sure. Um, I also want to shout out uh, when I went to Poland a few years back, more than a few years back at this point with my sister and my brother-in-law. Uh, we had some croquette or in like English croquettes. They're basically egg rolls, you know, but mm. they're like they're like breaded and fried and they're delicious. We got them at like a truck stop. My uncle got like uh, chicken. <laughs> That was good. And then, if you ever find yourself in Kraków, one of the major cities of Poland, and you're in the mood to find yourself the best pierogi around, or at least really good pierogi for a really good deal, you gotta go to this place called Pierogi Mr. Vincent. Because I tell you, we spent like $8 a person, and we were 
full, like beyond full. And the majority of that cost per person was like the price of like tea and beer. <laughs> like it was so good. Yeah, I've I've heard you talk about this a few times and every time I do I I get jealous. Um like it's yeah. it's such a delicacy for for people like me that yeah. don't often get a chance to eat something as amazing as a pierogi. Uh and the fact that you can basically in Poland that's basically like you know, a side dish, right? Yeah, um, even though nowadays it's like, it like if you're gonna make it at home, it, it can it takes you know a good amount of effort, you know. It's like, so like unless you're buying it at like the deli or at the store, you don't really have it unless it's for like a special occasion, you know, Christmas, birthdays, holidays, whatever. Um, so like that's what makes them special. That's why like ch- the chicken soup is like the standard for me, cause like. You just throw everything in a pot and it cooks all day and then it's delicious and like it's not hard to do every single week if you wanted it every single week yeah yeah soup is pretty cut and dry as far as like preparation goes pierogies unless you're doing the frozen kashas or mrs t's uh yeah <laughs> a lot yeah. more prep work involved there <laughs> exactly <laughs> so yeah well, i mean then if you want to get weird with it, we got like uh kashanka. So it's like it's like a blood sausage mixed with buckwheat. I really like buckwheat buckwheat. There's a lot of different like kasha dishes. So you, if you watch Seinfeld, I don't know what episode it is, but there's an episode where George's dad is like, Is this Kasha? And it cracks me up every time. <laughs> and uh so like I like those kinds of dishes too. They're good. Man, they're just Let's put it this way. I'm glad I was born into a Polish family. <laughs> yeah, I I love trying different cuisines. I mean, I, I love all kinds of food. Um, but Polish food, definitely a hearty. Yeah. Uh, and they definitely know how, how to do a good dumpling, a good pierogi, good potatoes. Yeah. The potato pancake can be eaten so many different ways too. You could put gravy on it, you could put sour cream, you could put applesauce. It's just yeah, it, it's such so, a great dish. A very diverse uh, vessel for flavor. <laughs> also, yeah. uh, just a fun fact: if you like bagels, those were invented in Poland. So there you go. Really? Yeah. Well, then that would be my, my favorite. Yeah, man, next time someone asks you your favorite Polish food, bagels. Wow, I did not know that. There you go. Interesting. Like all kinds or just like uh, the original? Adele? I mean, it, it's the same way like pizza was invented in Italy. There was a Jewish community that invented bagels and they were from Poland. So, boom, bagels, Polish. Nice. That is definitely one of those like Jeopardy questions at the end that I feel like a lot of people <laughs> would get wrong. Yeah. But not me. Yeah. There you go. Um, so, yeah. Well, I encourage our faithful listeners to take a moment and eat some Polish food when they have a chance. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. We we enjoy your continued support. Uh, this was an awesome fan appreciation episode as well as uh, Disney Plus content and trailers. So, thank you. That That's our show. Tune in next time to the Q-Busters.